Hi, welcome to this week's edition of Blues Talk again. John Dave and myself. We're going to look back over Leinster's quite emphatic victory against Munster last weekend. All the other Pro 14 and URC, as you call it now, action. And of course, look forward to our big Heineken Cup final uh, in Marseille on the weekend. So, lads, uh, 35 25 against Dowell Enemy. But uh, I'm just wondering, are they Dowell Enemy anymore? Like, uh, a rivalry takes two teams, doesn't it? Yeah, fair enough. Fair well, enough. We, we do have two teams. We have the team that we normally beat them with <laughs> and the team we beat them with there last week. No, uh, I don't think that's fair. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is. I mean, for them, it was it was very important that they got a good result this week. Um, they didn't. Now, as it turns out, the bad result they got was the best bad result they could have got. But uh, I don't think they're going to be too happy about it. Yeah. Um, look, it was fairly inexcusable. Like we 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 rested the first fifteen, and five of the twenty, the rest of five of the subs that will be probably playing this week. So, if not now, when are Munster going to beat us? Um, like, do you blame the cattle? Do you blame the the shepherd? You know, I'm sure it's a little of column A and a little of column B, but we have to be in living in their heads rent free, as they say down there, at this stage, um, because you know, if not, if they weren't going to beat us last weekend, it was like we were nearly. I, I was waiting for a load of Welsh people to come on and go, "This is the problem. The IRFU own all four teams, and they just organised it so as Leicester put out their B team and Munster just get a home quarter final just because the IRFU get all the money." Well. Didn't work out like that in the end, you know. Um, and you know, I can't say that. Like, what I do, I would support Munster when when they're not playing Leinster. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for them this week. Um, I just, you know, they should be better than that. They really should be better than that. There were things they were doing that were, you know, not dissimilar to the stuff we were doing. But you could see that it was a bit more primitive. I mean, um, I think Birch highlighted it last night on, a, on, a, on a, against the head uh, by comparing a, a kick that led to Scott Penny's try from us to a kick that led to the ball going out in the full for them. They just weren't taking that extra step. What they're doing is a bit more, a bit less nuanced than what we're doing. Um, I was looking at uh, Cormac Foley's try. Um, and, you know, uh, where... Uh, uh, Osborne runs laterally, but then uh, Frawley cuts the line to make the line break. And then you compare that to, say, um, oh, uh, to Chris Farrell, doing a lot of lateral running as well, but nobody was making a line for him. So he was kind of mm-hmm. stuck running laterally. And like what Munster were doing, Munster were trying to, to keep the width in the game, which is fair enough, um, but they weren't able to access it the way that we were. We kept our width in the game and we were able to access it. And if you've got... I mean, Munster have two very, very good wingers, two... Two of them, like one of them is one of the best wingers to ever play for Ireland, and the other is, you know, a very, very good current international winger. And they had no real impact on the game whatsoever. And we we had, you know, a kid out on the wing, and they weren't able to get to him. Yeah. But, like, but you're, you're dead right, Dave. But like from my vantage point at the game, it was very evident that for two things that I, that I definitely could see, could see. One was that Munster were crabbing across the pitch continually and running into each other's space. And therefore, but when the ball did actually get wide, there was no space for the wingers to work in because whoever was Goggin or, or Farrell, who I thought actually did have a good game, had encroached and taken all of the space for the, for the wingers to use. 
And secondly, when they did have the ball, they didn't know what to do with it. And you could, it was quite clearly that they, that they just looked like they'd run out of ideas and then they resort to, oh, let's just hoof it down the pitch. And I think even when, like, you know, it worked to their advantage in, in the game on, on Saturday. They got a couple of tries out of it, out of confusion. And, you know, we handed them most of the, the points that they got. For playing all, the, all, all three monster tries yeah. came from errors. Yeah. Yeah. So, we, you know, they capitalised on it. And that's fine when you're playing, you know, and those guys are, those lads are talked out for Leinster on, on Saturday, have a huge and great future ahead of them. You know, whatever shade of jersey that they, they wear. But they're not the Leinster first team. And I think when Munster come up against, you know, like the Leinster first, the Toulouse first, the La Rochelle first, you know, those teams don't make those those basic fundamental errors. And so kicking the ball in the air and hoping for a lucky ricochet and then, you know, a fast winger following up can pounce on it. Those opportunities are just not going to happen on a frequent basis. No, no, you're dead right. You're dead right. Um, uh, hoping for opposition errors isn't the best way to go about, um, isn't the best game plan. Um, and it, it, I'm remi- I, I don't know if I mentioned it before, but uh, Donald Lenehan said it a couple of weeks ago during the South African tour. He said, again, on, on, on RT, he said, he said, people are surprised that this Leinster team is so good, but they get to practice against the fourth best team in world rugby every week. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And another thing that he said, which I thought was quite surprising, he actually was the first one now to start calling bullshit on their slogans and the brave and the faithful. And, you know, like, uh, like I, you know, he, he's having a kind of a, a subtle dig at, say, Van Gran and sort of saying, oh, once we have the 16th man behind us, you know, we're unstoppable, blah, blah, blah. However, maybe he should have started calling bullshit instead of when Van Gran is like effectively has played his second or third last game. Why wasn't he calling this two years ago, three years ago? I, I, I don't think things were as bad as they are now. Um, they still had really good players. Peter O'Mahony was, was younger. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Stander was still around. They, they, they'd slightly better players. And I think, I mean, the, the thing about... Connor Murray was a great 80, Pardon? Sorry, Connor Murray was in great form. Was all Connor Murray was a good form. But Munster say... 2000 through 2010 had a world-class international standard one to ten right so they could use the whole the brave and the faithful and stand up and fight and all that kind of stuff they could use that as a distraction for the for opposition who who, who were expecting you know this a team full of boot bite and bollock but when when what actually was arriving was a really really high quality nuanced forward pack with excellent additions in the back like halstead like uh, Topoki, like Dougie Howlett. Um, and that was grand. It was a nice distraction. It took focus away from the excellence of the team and it worked in Munster's favour. It helped play that underdog thing. Now, they don't have that team. All they have are the slogans. And the slogans and reality are two very different things. Yeah. Well, on the other well, side of the page, however, <clears throat> uh, what about our lads? You know, I know we're we're, oh, in, yeah. we're in danger of straying into uh, monster worshipping territory or mm-hmm. making a whole podcast about monster, which is not a good idea when we're a Leinster podcast. But well, it seems as though every other Len- uh, podcast you listen to, or you know, dog bites man, John, dog bites man. Yeah, it ain't news. Man bites dog. Yeah. Well, between new- news talk and RTE, like it's just monster <laughs> fest. But anyway, I have to say for the monster. 
for the nth week running, I was super impressed with Joe McCarthy. Yes, yeah. superb game. He's, yeah, he's, still, a great he's been, I think he's been like sort of the find of the season. You know, yeah. we've, we've spoken last week about Van de Fleer taking on board every bit of advice that he was given from Farrell or Lancaster, and he, he's done wonderfully well. But my God, this kid has come from kind of nowhere, and you can kind of see why there's a couple of, of you know second rows leaving over the over the uh, the summer, and we haven't really gone into the market with the ex- exception of Jason Jenkins bringing him up for Munster, who you know like he's got a Springbok cap for sure, but he's not a stellar name. They didn't go into the market to get somebody, knowing that this guy Joe McCarthy's coming through. Well, once again. You, you, but, but once again, you have to say kudos to the Leinster Academy for producing these guys and bringing them through to be to, to sort of to slot seamlessly into, you know, the professional setup. And, and like, do we do we miss Fardy, who was there for three or four years? You know, not particularly. Well, probably like, a he, was a, he was a super he was a super player, but you know, I, we've got someone coming through who's going to be, I think, going to have a very very strong career. Absolutely. I, I expected Toner to fill that kind of void and, and play more this year and uh, be a bridge between what's in effect three second rows coming through now. Uh, there's two guys got, got promoted from the academy as well as McCarthy. McCarthy's in first year, don't forget, in the academy. This is his first season in the academy. He's He was born in 2001. Yeah. Just let that sink in for a minute. This I'd really is, rather not. Like, this is a good like, You know, the there's every chance that he's going to go down to New Zealand this summer. Absolutely. The, the, the well, Irish we'll team... We'll know next week. The Irish team love him. They they had him in on uh, during the Six Nations as part of the squad, and they love him, apparently. So he's got... And just the expression on the guy's face, even. He looks like... He looks like he was born to, to, to play. You know, it looks like nothing phases him. He's got this head on him that, like... You know, you hit him in the head with a mallet and he just goes, okay, now it's my turn, you know? So Let's let's not hit him on the head with a mallet. Um, <laughs> but you, you, you combine that with uh, Leo Newer, as um, I've decided to call uh, Maloney. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, what we already have there in James Ryan and then Ryan Baird coming back to a bit of form. And then, you know, there's uh, Charlie Ryan is coming through as well. Two other guys, yeah, Brian Deeney and Charlie and Ryan. And Brian Deeney. Yeah. I thought it was great to see Alex Soroka get a game. Um, but how exciting was it to see Jordan Larmer back to his hot step and best? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Like, well, like he, he had a few runs and two of them led directly to tries. Yeah. You know, but like it's just a piece of joy to watch him in when he's going forward and I kind of looking through your fingers a little bit when the ball's put up into the air from when, <laughs> when he's at full back. Yeah, I mean, he, uh, yeah. The first ball that went up, he kind of had a problem with. Of course, admittedly, now he's against two of the best aerial operators in the game, mm-hmm. uh, in Conway and Earls. But uh, I, I, I still wasn't. But when, the, when, the, when he gets the ball on the deck, yeah. If only, if only he had ever done that to Munster before, they might have been forewarned. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just wondering if someone from Kilm- Kilmacud Croaks or someone like that could give him a few tips. <laughs> Few pointers. Um, I, I uh, there, there were uh, there was obviously McCarthy 
versus Ryan Bird in terms of auditions for next week or this week as it is now. Uh, there was there was Frawley versus Larmer, uh, and the other the other interesting thing about the selection was uh, Kean Healy being put a tight head. Some people are seeing that as a furlong uh, injury issue. However, here's my theory, and maybe it's not my theory. Well, I didn't hear it anywhere else, so it's my theory. Okay. Uh, if anybody else is after this, then it's still my theory. Uh, that if let's say Tyg Furlong is 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 good, but not he's not going to go the full. He might only go forty minutes, say. And Michael Ala, Alatoa has to come on a bit early, and if something happens to him. You could bring technically, you could bring Porter back on and put Healy across rather than go to uncontested scrums because Leo actually gave a little clue there where he said. Oh, you know, he got into 13 men if there's uncontested scrums or 14 men. So if if you have Keane Healy able to switch across the tight head, you can then, because it's an injury, you can bring Porter back on at loose head and you can close the game out. Whereas if, you know, if if things don't go badly and you have, you get 40, 50 minutes at a time for long, Alatawa goes like a train, that's it. We're all good. Just, just in your uh, uh, emergency situation there, John, uh-huh. Would it not make a bit more sense to play the international loose head at loose head and the international tight head at tight head? Mm, I think that the, my theory, again, it's just my theory, is that they're reluctant to move Porter back across the tight head because they've made that decision. They've closed that door. They want him to get as much play. At well, it works so well for Joey Carberry, I suppose. <laughs> I know. I know. Joey Carberry never played tight head. <laughs> Well, he hasn't anyway. played fullback well, in a while either, but anyway. <laughs> but one lad who I thought was exceptional, and you mentioned him there a second ago, was Frawley. Like again, the the line that he took for that, yeah. uh, for the, for that Foley for Foley's try, yeah. and his little dink across for Penny's try in the opening ninety yeah. seconds. Like super. you know, and I just feel so sorry for the lad. He just seems to have, like he's just coming into great form, and he got a bang. And you know, it had to go off when he was just motoring. Like, and it was such a shame to see to see him because of particularly the week that's in it. And I'm sure he wanted to stick up his hands to, you know, to, to ensure that he was selected in the 23 minimum. And when Larmer comes back and then has a game like he did, it's very difficult for the for the coaches I- to say, sorry, Kieran. To be honest, unless Leo's lying through his teeth, I think Frawley's going to be on the bench on Saturday. Um, apparently, his the reason for his non-return was that he timed out on a blood injury. Yeah, yeah. Um, when he, he he when he went off, I mean, it was you know he was went off on his own steam. His chin was cushion. He he was holding up a tissue to his chin. Yeah, yeah. so you can see it. it. I mean, it, apparently, he t- it, it timed out on that. So. Um, so if, if, I'd suggest if he's... Because he just offers so much flexibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, it's funny, though, that they have him and, and Ross Byrne. It's like they both can cover centre, they both can cover 10, neither of them can cover the back three. Why would Frawley can play fullback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, OK, sorry. Frawley can play fullback, fair enough. Um, yeah, it is a little kind of... Lacking in a winger, like there, that's where Alarmer, you know, might get the yeah. nod. But that's if we don't go yeah. six two. We could go six the, two as well. Yeah, but the only thing is that, like, I mean, 
there's not many games that Sexton plays that he plays the full 80. So you're going to have to bring on somebody, right? So you bring on A and other at, I don't know, call it 65 minutes. But then you've got 15 minutes where you don't have cover. You know, it's a yeah. big chunk of a game. So I don't know whether they'll... He'll do something. I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah. Josh van der Fleer on the wing. <laughs> See, if you, if you do have the... The extra forward. I mean, Peter Romani played in the wing for Ireland in, in a disastrous game in Italy in 2013. Um, the game we lost. The game we lost to Italy, the only time we lost to them. In- I mean, if you look, if you needed a winger, you'd bring, I mean, you'd bring uh, Frawley on, put him in the centre, or put him at fullback and move Keenan across, or you'd move ring rows across. I mean, the flexibility is there in the back. It's not like they've never played in those positions before. It's, 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 I mean, you've got, um, uh, James Lowe as well is 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 a multi-positional player in the back. So, I mean, he he, he does offer flexibility. I don't see, I don't see them. I mean, I think they may. I don't think they'll. I think they'll pick the team that's best for Leinster, not the team that's yeah. best to play against La Rochelle. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope they do that. Let's concentrate. And um, we get to the La Rochelle game, but I hope that they do concentrate on themselves and not be too psyched out with what or what isn't happening in La Rochelle because you can't control that. All you can no. do is con- control There's- fifteen or twenty. 23 lads on our team. But before we before we move away from, from Saturday's game, first of all, like pretty good crowd, 32,000 mm. mean, considering it was a dead rubber. Uh, you know, we've been through, we said it, we said it all last week about the renewals, the season tickets, all these knockout games, or I know this wasn't a knockout game, but it was postponed. Um, you know, but there is knockout games coming in the future. Like people are on a bit of a, you know, Let's say a, a belt event exhaustion. Exercise. Yeah, or maybe so. Yeah, but that's, anyway, 32k was a lot of people to go, so that was great. Yeah, it's a good the crowd. Thing was, um, it was nice to see someone like you know a very good servant to Leinster Ruby, like someone like Rory or Lachlan getting an opportunity right. to get in um, for his try. It was a pity Adam Byrne didn't get over when um, well, it was Larmer gave him a flea flicker. Yeah, he did. He played on very well, but it was good to see the last. You know. The last hurrah, maybe of Toner, Crone, and, and you know, yeah. um, I mean that we, we mentioned it last week, but they they have been great servants, and most of the or a lot of the good days that we've all shared of um, watching Leinster lift trophies, those two lads have been in the background of that group photo. So you know, you you gotta you gotta. Well, you have to um, put Dev at the back. <laughs> you have to really, you do indeed. He picked two balls out of the air that other lads were jumping for, and he just put up his hands and caught them. (laughs) Yeah, you can't couch high. It was like a, it was like a a basketball player, wasn't it? Really. Uh, On on that point um, about not being able to couch heights, do you remember they used to have a route sixty-six or a route six foot? Yeah. Going back to about two thousand and seven, they they had this this initiative to try and get people of six foot six or over playing playing rugby. Look what they've got now. Uh six foot eight James Ryan. Uh we've just lost six foot eight Jack Dunn. We've got six foot seven inch Brian Deeney. Six foot six inch Joe McCarthy. Six foot eight inch Charlie Ryan. Like Jesus, they're falling out of trees now. I don't know what they're feeding them. But they weren't feeding them whatever 15 years ago. Um, it's it's great to see that we have all that depth and you know Rory or Ross Maloney being our, our oldest 
second row at 27 years of age. Or as they call him in the Leinster squad, short arse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and you've got Soroka who can fill in, I'm sure, in the second row. He, he, I see him as a kind of a guy who's going to take the place of uh, Josh uh, Murphy. Murphy. Uh, who's gone to Connacht. So, you know, there's another lad that might get a, or that did get a... a Good send-off. Good send-off. Yeah. Uh, Jack Dunn is the only one that hasn't. So maybe we might see him in in the Glasgow game. Who knows? Yes. Nice to give him a send-off too. He never got much of a, a shout in Leinster, really, did he? No, he never really got his opportunity. But, you know, we may rue it if, if, uh, if Exeter turned him into a, a top player like Scarlet's did to Tyg Byrne, we might be going shit. Well, yeah, maybe that's Munster's second row sorted in six years' time. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for someone to say that. <laughs> Sorry, Jay. Sorry, so, Jay. That, okay. so that brings us nicely on to uh, our quarterfinal game we're going to play in a couple of weeks' time against Glasgow in the RDS. And they lost to Edinburgh 28 11. I didn't see that game, but. Edinburgh, you know, like from the couple of games I've seen them play this season, they did look they look an, an exciting team. Um, they seem to have usurped Glasgow as Scotland's best provincial side. Resurped, let's say, because they yeah. were always the best uh, team in Scotland for all the way through the noughties. And uh, then Glasgow kind of got in there in the teens. Um, and now yeah, Edinburgh sure. are reasserting their capital cityness. Um, thanks to a guy who learned his trade in Cardiff. Danny Wilson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, we'll get to Cardiff, John. Don't you worry. <laughs> I know. I can't wait. That, Danny Wilson um, was it? Wasn't that a Scottish band? Uh, yeah, Mary's Prayer. There you go. See, love the way I segue that together. Um, but yeah, Glasgow mm-hmm. uh, are not in the best of form, and I suspect we might rest a few players against them. I'd say we'll probably stack the bench with your Sextons and your James Ryan's and whatever, and. Uh, and and go at Glasgow because the poor lads have like they're out of the Heineken Cup now because of that um, and they've obviously lost their 1872 Cup and they're not top of the Scottish Italian Conference and you know things are going bad for uh, if uh, Murdo is still watching us or listening to us um, apologies Murdo but uh, yeah not, not a good in, fa- in fairness to Glasgow they would be in the Heineken Cup if it wasn't for the SRU so because they voted in favour of reserved regional places yeah because they they, if it was a straight eight they'd be in that's true that's true well uh, the Shields might generate some more um, interest in the game in other ways during the uh, during the next few seasons we'll see but anyway are they not going to go back to that um, to kind of meritocracy next season not say the season after next maybe. there's going to be another vote on it yeah maybe but not okay. next season no not next season this season has. um okay so, so just going through some of the other results from the weekend so obviously we kind of mentioned it john your your second favorite team least walk us favorite through what happens. in wales <laughs> <laughs> it's all john, right walk john. Us through it's 16. okay if you need a hug, we're here for you. <laughs> Six, 69 21. Like that's that's an embar- that's a dicking and that's an embarrassing result. That's but, an embarrassment if you're playing a good team. 
Ah, Benetton are a good team. Go on, <laughs> well, they are the current Rainbow Cup champions, I suppose. <laughs> I, I knew you'd say that. And likely to be for a while. But um, no, I mean, uh, just before, like, before we talk about this in specific, I watched a lot of the games this weekend. It was cracking weekends rugby. Mm. Uh, Osprey's game was a good game. Scarlet's game was a good game. The Ulster game was a good game. Our game was a good game. The Cardiff Benetton game was hilarious. Um, Zebra Comet, okay, it wasn't a good game, but it was a competitive game. Um, but uh, Cardiff are shambles, they're an absolute shambles. On the other hand, a lot of those younger guys that Italian rugby are, are, bring, are bringing through are, are beginning to, you know. Uh, deliver some dividends for both the the both their regions and their uh, national team. Yeah, absolutely. If you look at their results, I think this season, right, Italy beat Wales at international full sorry full senior men's international, under twenties international, and women's international level. Like that's it's quite an, an indictment on on current status or standard of, of the Welsh teams like I just have it listed here the Welsh teams finished 9th 10th 14th and 15th in the league you know like none of them are in Europe out of six sorry I'm not that's that's not right uh, none of them are in the Ospreys. quarterfinals they Ospreys will be in Europe next season but if if it was a meritocracy they wouldn't be in Europe and um, they did absolutely atrociously in the in the Heineken Cup pool stages I think they finished Close, if not bottom, close to bottom of their groups. Obviously, none of them came out. Like it's, and they finished. The Welsh national team finished fifth in the Six Nations. Like it's a like. I, I think that Gatland, and for I don't know many years he coached Wales. Ten was it? More than ten. More than like he papered 12, over like. more than ten. Yeah, twelve. Okay, but he his ability to be a good coach and to get the best out of players papered over the huge amount of cracks in, that, in, in the system that they have there. Undoubtedly. I, well, a lot has happened, though, and well, I don't know if we want to get mired into this whole thing. No, no. A no lot I, just, I just passed in the comments. Like, Gatlin took over, I think, about 07-ish, so maybe he even got more than 12 years. Um, but he finished in 2019. So it was might have been 13, even 14 years, but as Mike uh, Ruddock was at Grand Slam in 05, wasn't he? Yeah, I'm not sure yeah. how long was it. Was it Gatlin straight after that? He might have even been out six. Over. Anyway, um, the the regions were well funded up until about oh nine, and you know the sugar daddies kind of pulled back, and the WRU never took over, and it just turned into a civil war. And but, but John, like, but John, the, 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 they can say that the, like the Ospreys might have been well-funded, but they did, absolutely. They won a few Magnus League titles, but that's it. I mean, that's minimum that they should be winning. Like, they should they be that. in. <laughs> okay, but like, look at the other clubs. They hardly did anything. Hardly, like, what did Cardiff do? What did... What did um, Cardiff, got like, to, uh, Cardiff were a few penalty kicks away from a hiding goal okay. final, and they okay. won the, like, the Challenge Cup the next year. Uh, and, and you could say Edinburgh were, Edinburgh were close, but no cigar... Another, you know, another in 2012, they got they can like these anomalies I, I, happen. It's it's when it's, it's it's over a base of a period of time. You just say that's a good team, 
that's a team that have a flash in the pan, had a couple of lucky results and managed to get to a semi-final or a quarter-final. Like, you also have to look at what, what, what's important in Welsh rugby. The politics in Welsh rugby had meant that, you know, any kind of commitment to the regions was difficult. At the same time, Luke Charteris has more Grand Slams than Ireland, you know? Um, so the, 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 the priority in Wales was always on, was always on the national team because it was the only thing they could agree about. Um, and they always were a boom or bust team. They'd go from winning a Grand Slam to finishing third, to winning a Grand Slam, to finishing fourth. Now, what seems to be happening at the moment is, A, they finished fifth, they lost to Wales, and all their teams are playing crap all at the same time, which I don't think has ever happened before. Um, and I think that might be the indictment that's that all those years of political infighting within the regions and regions versus clubs and club versus country and all this kind of stuff. I think those uh, chickens may have come home to roost. Well, it's, it's just that the, the, the amateur game in Wales has so much power over yeah. the professional game. And that's what the problem is really. That's at the root of it. That's the problem because the guys who, who, who are voting uh, in the, in the WRU are, None of them have very little to do. None of them have very much to do with the regions, so they're never gonna, you know, if it comes to regions versus national team, they haven't a hope. And even if it comes yeah. to regions versus, you know, you'll get you'll get niggly stuff going on, and it's just it's just not. Yeah, the, the question isn't region versus national team. The question is, you've got guys in 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 amateur clubs, small clubs, junior clubs in in Wales who actually have more power than the regions. Exactly. In terms of voting rights, and they're not interested in the regions. It's in their interest for the regions to not be popular, because but like more, you, a few people go to the Dave, regions, the more people coming through their gates. But yeah. David, wasn't it a similar situation in Leinster many fifteen years ago, seventeen years ago, Black Sunday? If you remember the clubs, yeah. If you remember, were selling tickets like it was in, it was in the Leinster clubs for Leinster professional entity to fail. Because it was taking people who were going to their lunches to, you know, go to AIL matches, and all of a sudden you've only got a certain amount of time the weekend. You can only really get behind one particular side, you know. And it's. Uh, but how did Mick Dawson bring him into line? Flipped them around the air and wouldn't give them tickets. He threatened their international tickets. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. Look. Anyway. Let's look at stuck out. No, no, we won't. But, but, but. But on the other on the other side on the other side of the coin, we, we obviously the Welsh teams have been had a poor season. The South African teams have justified all of the, the hype. Know, their their inclusion the hype or yeah. their inclusion in the in the in the competition. Three of the teams are in the top five. And um, they, they got off to a very shaky start. I can remember thinking, Jesus, I remember going to the Aviva and watching us play the Stormers and thinking, Jesus, is this um Bulls? Bulls. Oh, sorry, the Bulls, sorry, excuse me, the Bulls. Like, you know, probably the most famous South Africa, or say the most successful super rugby team in South Africa. And like, we won fairly handy that day. And I was thinking, God, is this another, are they just the cheetahs in disguise? Like, are they, are they going to be, are they going to be, you know, just uh, another famous name, but we're going to just have a facile game against them like we did when, when we played the Southern Kings or, or the Cheetahs? But like they've come back in the second half of the season, absolutely so strong. Like I mean, they've got we won thirteen of our eighteen games. The Stormers won twelve of theirs. 
the Bulls won 11 of theirs and the Sharks won 11 of theirs. So, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I think, I think uh, it's, not just, it's not just the home games that they're winning. I think we saw the value. I think we saw the value um, or what South Africans, the, the truth of what South Africans could bring when the Lions visited the RDS. And the Lions were the worst, would be the, the worst of the South African sides. And they were bloody hard to put away. We, we, we didn't get a bonus point against them. We struggled hard to beat them. And I think that's when we began to realise, OK, we're, we're in it. We've a new vista in front of us now. Well, yeah. something, something that struck me in the last few days, there have been a couple, at least, if not more, of announcements of signings. Yeah. Back from European rugby of of mm. uh, on very long deals four and five. Uh, yeah, what's the name? Uh, Dweeba going back today. Yes, today. And uh, Khaleesi didn't Khaleesi sign a five year yeah. contract? Like, yeah, oh God, that's that's pretty serious. So that's a commitment that 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 shows that they're you know they're really looking yeah. to this URC as a as a as a good thing you know, um, yeah. which and is even, great for us. Maybe not great when and and even uh, Courtsia going leaving Ulster mid contract to go back yeah. to the, you know, uh, like I think it's actually great. It's great that all these stars are, are going to be playing, and hopefully, hopefully they can make it that the, that this that this kind of season aligns that we don't continue to send down our seconds, and they yeah. don't send up theirs. So that you know that it's actually. I thought the game against Ulster at the weekend first, was, was 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 worthwhile. You, you like all the yeah. star names are playing for both sides. Um, it's a pity yeah, it's the rain kind of didn't ruin it, but the rain didn't help. It would have been nice to see that game on a dry yeah. track. But um, yeah. that that was that was a proper game between two proper sides, and I think we're going to see more yeah. of that. I'd love I'd love to see you know a fully loaded Leinster team go down, play one of these great South African provinces in one of their historic stadiums. You know, it'd be something that mm. you know when we started watching J- rugby, Jason. You could, you, yeah. you never saw South African teams anyway because they're all bloody banned. Um, and now mm. to see them in our league playing our guys, it's it, it's absolutely super. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, it is. It is. Um, I think it's been a great addition, and you know, I'd rather see less of less games of more high quality rather than you know, like more facile games. Like it was very frustrating for a few seasons when Leinster were just winning somewhere between forty and sixty points margins like I just I wasn't enjoying going to the matches for that that's not sport in my in my eye it's just uh, like a, it's like watching a really it's good like or a really good Man form. it's like <laughs> I was going to say it's like watching a Formula One race where it's just a procession and like there's no there's one team is just streaks ahead and so much better than another team and they just you know nearly lap them by within you know half the race like and I'm just it's just it's just refreshing to see the Stormers and, and these kind of clubs. I think like, I, I, I think the best thing to do for, is for that, I, I mean stages. I know what you mean, Jason, by what, what you said about uh, seeing fewer games of higher quality. I'd like to see more games of higher quality. Um <laughs> in terms of you know, let's use but, the but, opportunity that they give us to, to bring to raise the tide, to lift all the boats. How you go about yeah, that okay, now? I'm not I'm not suggesting an answer. It's one of those things like I pulled the pin and the atom bomb went off. But you know, it'd be nice to see yeah. that. It'd be nice to see that, a strong Wales. I mean, it'd be nice to see a strong Italy. For sure, but it's a very noble thing. But like, we've been playing in this league now for, like, put it this way, Dave. Like, if 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 Leinster and Munster, and to a lesser extent Ulster and Connacht, weren't in the league, could you imagine how rubbish it would be? 
<laughs> you know, and that, like that, that, that sounds like, and it sounds very cocky, and I don't mean it to be. It's just the standard of the Welsh clubs, and some of the, and sometimes the Scottish clubs, and particularly the Italian clubs, it's atrocious. Like you could literally pick our third team, and they will put up like as you know, like they were talking last night, and against against the head, like Leinster's second team could come top eight. I think if you if you took out the South Africans. Our Leinster second team will probably come in the top five. And you see, but the, the other side of that, Jason, is strategically that suits the IRFU to have uh, second string players getting top level competition against, you know, first string teams, even if they aren't quite. It, I mean, people, the Welsh have often criticised the Leinster selection policy, but the Leinster selection policy and the Munster selection policy and the Ulster selection policy is what's kept the league semi competitive. But like they, they don't care about it. You know what I mean? Like when you go and you see like you know, so on Premier Sports they kind of it seems to be quite Welsh orientated and they're regularly at a Welsh ground. There's no one in the stadium. There's absolutely nobody in it. Like and no matter what they do, they can't. Like even the Welsh derbies, they, people don't seem to turn up for. Like there was thirty-two thousand at a dead rubber in in the in the Aviva Stadium. Like do you think thirty-two thousand would turn up for a dead rudder with scarlets against Ospreys? Yeah, but you're dealing with you're dealing with a whole load of things there, including, you know, uh, national inferiority complex and all sorts of stuff there with, with Wales. I mean, I mean. You, uh, there's two things needed in Wales. One is a good set of administrators to fix things, and two, therapy. <laughs> okay, I'm going to draw a line. We've gone. We spoke about Wales and talk about Munster far too much. We're going to talk about our final of the our sixth European Cup final on Saturday. Mm. So we uh, we've heard the rumours. We saw Skelton come on for a few minutes um, for them, but. You know, like I thought, I thought O'Gara was uh, speaking out of both sides of his mouth. I saw him been interviewed and off the ball, and uh, I'm glad Leo saw, kind of saw through it and said, "Don't believe a word that comes out of this man's mouth." If, if we start with Blockhead's question on on, on um, Leicester fans, he said, "Should we be afraid of the skeleton in the closet?" Which I thought was quite quite a good way to put it. Nice. And Derek Tulu asks, "Is Will Scotton playing or not?" Um, I don't care. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Well, I prefer him not to play, to be quite honest with you. No, honestly, I, well, obviously I prefer Jeremy Templeton to be player. playing there. But, you know, I think that we should be confident in our own team's ability to play around him, kind of in the way we didn't last year. I think, I, I mean, I think, I, I think we should have a way to get past this guy. And not get past him, but to negate him, to not make him a factor. Everybody keeps talking. If, if you keep talking about a bogeyman, a bogeyman becomes real. I think he, he was a bit of a plotter until they got him in Saracens, they made him fit, they hit his burger vouchers and, you know, turned him into a serious athlete. Uh, and he's, you know, he was always a big guy, he was always, but he didn't have the, he didn't have the fitness. Uh, and now, well, he hardly has the fitness coming back after injury and uh, playing 10 minutes last week. So I, I think that's all a lot of distraction. I don't, yeah. I don't think it really matters whether he plays or doesn't play. Yeah, he's a big guy. So what? Uh, Toulouse were big guys. 
as you said, Dave, what the hell happened to them? You know, they had they had at least four almost Will Skelton sized humans in their team and it didn't do them any good. So I'm hoping it'll be the same. Uh, I mean, it's more interesting the Kerr Barlow side of things who who uh, James and Gibson Park would know pretty well. Um, he's you know, He was supposed to be out for the season at one stage and now he's supposed to be playing. So... You know, God knows until you see. And that's, I, I have a feeling that that's just more Plamas from O'Gara. I mean, he's talking about getting over micro hurling gloves yeah. and all sorts. I mean, I think he's. I think. I think Rog is Rog is master of the of 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 media. I, I mean, he's he learned from the feet of, of kidney. You know, he knows what he's doing. Um, yeah. he wants everybody to be talking about things that aren't related to the game. Yeah. Well, Gatlin was a master. Gatland used to do, talk about all kinds of crap just to take the heat off his players. Yeah. And it didn't really matter what he was talking about or what he was saying or whether it was true or what, you know. It was just something to point the media at so they wouldn't be pointing at what he didn't want them talking about. Yeah. Uh, and I suspect it's the same with Raj. Uh, whether either of those two players, obviously, if Kerr Barlow is out, it's a big blow for them. Uh, whether whether he distracts people by saying he's going to be there when he's not, or whether he distracts people by saying he's not going to be there when he is, and he ends up only lasting twenty minutes, or you know, whatever the scenario is, it's not good for uh, La Rochelle. Uh, because while well, everyone's talking about um, Skelton and to a lesser extent Carbarlo. Nobody's talking about Vito and nobody's talking about what he's going to do in the centres between with Dante and Butty and stuff like that. Those are the key calls. Well, uh, Vito got injured as far as I know. Yeah, that's what I mean. So nobody's talking yeah. about that because it's it's and he's and like he's a much more important player to them than Skelton is. Absolutely. hundred percent. So it's it's yeah. it's a nice bit of well well played, Mr. O'Gara, but we're on to you. <laughs> Skibbering eagle. Interesting <laughs> to see what happens with uh, with Vito. All right. I mean, if Carbarlo and Vito are not Vito are not named in the team, that's a huge hit to them. Huge. Yeah. But one thing. One thing I did find quite interesting and ironic that you know our team, our league is uh, vilified for making changes for when Leinster dropped, not dropped, but rotated and rested. The entire 23 or 22 of 23 last weekend when we were playing Munster. La Rochelle did the exact same thing where they made 14 changes from the starting 15 against uh, um, Rossing for their game against Stad. But very little, but that, you know, very little of that was kind of, uh, very little was made out of it. Well, in fairness, Jay, we have no idea what was made about out of it because we don't read French papers. Well, well, or listen to French podcasts. No, but what I am saying, though, is that our league is vilified by our media here who will, who will criticise it because, you know, and will downplay the importance. Like, there was hardly any coverage of the the um, the post. Like, for example, there's normally on, on Off the Ball on Sundays, there's a piece about rugby, they, uh, uh, whatever happened over the weekend. There was nothing on Sunday about, with the exception of the paper review, about Leinster Munster's game, and there was thirty-two thousand people at it, and nothing was covered. But if the shoe was on the other foot, maybe they might have had some coverage of it. Did you but, Did you listen to it on Sunday? I, I tried to listen to it. You just validated I their tried. editorial choices. 
Well, Dave, you know, it's the only show in town, Darren. So, like, you gotta, you got to listen to what you want to listen to. But um, my point is, though, that, like, our league is continually being chipped away, whether it's in the, on the radio, the TV, or the newspapers, because they will falsely claim that, you know, there's no consistency in selection and the teams are being rested. And, you know, like, even the, the, that was the same narrative when... when um, the, the Toulouse coach was in the press conference and he, he made the, the comparison between Entomac and and, uh, and uh, Sexton's minutes that they've played. But like, you know, for, seems to forget about the games that, that, that they drop all of their stars and they play a seconds team. And, you know, like it worked out for, for La Rochelle in, in that particular game at the weekend because they probably got a very good, good strong side and they have to, to try and keep everybody happy. Like that's what having a squad is. It's not just you can't just continually play your first fifteen. It's about having a squad and keeping keep everyone fresh and and keeping them interested in wanting to compete for the jersey. Well, on that subject, uh, we are in the very very lucky position that we pretty much, uh, if Tyg Furlong and James Lowe are good to go, we pretty much have our top team. We have touch wood, zero injuries, apart from possibly the two of them. You know, if not, if 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 we're not, if we're going to win a Heineken Cup, we've got to this time. We're in the final, and we've got to this part of the season with no injuries. We won't get a better chance than this to win a Heineken Cup. Now, whether we win or we don't win, we we won't get a better chance than this. Uh, it's everything's everything's coming up Millhouse. Uh, everything, all the stars are aligning in terms of having the right players. With the right amount of minutes, and the, you know, if anything, well, I'd say a few of them are undercooked, but they're certainly not you, if, uh, worn out. If you look at the selection from from say our game when we played La Rochelle last season in the semi final, and if you compare it to what we might say could be our starting fifteen, if we go along with the everyone is fish and everybody is pretty much, you know, what we said it could be Frawley might have Larmer in there, like little sort of toss of coins. But you would kind of say, like last season, Rossburn, we had Rossburn at, at out half, Sexton's in there, Luke McGrath started at nine, see Jemison comes in in his place, Porter's taken over at loose head, um, Toner's gone, uh, you know, presumably Ross Maloney's going to start there, and Darris comes in for, or came in for, for Rurik at semi final. But whatever about those, I think there were six changes to the starting 15. It's actually the quality on the bench is significant. Like our bench this season is significantly stronger. So like I'd I'd, wait, I'd say that Sheehan is stronger than, than Tracy. Healy would be better than Ed Byrne. Uh, you know, you got um, like Luke, if Luke McGrath sits on the bench, he's better than Osborne, I'd say. Um, you know, and then you've got Frawley ahead of of, of uh, Roy O'Loughlin. So. I think the guys that are going to come off the bench are going to have a significant impact, but the fellas that are on the bench this year, I think are better than the fellas who were on the bench last year. And that's what did for us in, in, in 2019 against Saracens, I think, was their bench compared to ours. And that's what did for us possibly last year against La Rochelle. Um, their bench was better than ours. Uh, so hopefully, and, and lots of times through history, Toulon in Lansdowne Road back in 2015 or whenever it was, 
they were just they weren't actually very good, but they were just able to pound us out of it by what they were able to bring on to the bench, and we just didn't have that kind of uh, horsepower. So it's great to be in a situation where if we're going to lose this game, we're not going to lose it because we didn't have our best guys fit, uh, which yeah, which is a great place to be in. So bring it on. Show us what you got, Roland. We want the, to the only, the only one, one, um, one little fly in the ointment would be maybe the heat might be a, a contributing factor. Like yeah. reading, it's somewhere between 26 and 30 degrees in, in the south of France at the moment. Um, obviously, the matches are on at 5.15 in the evening in France, so sun might have gone in a little bit, but it's still going to be warm, but maybe not midday heat, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, that would mitigate against uh, fellas with red hair like Frawley. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't have the sun protection going on in, in, uh, to be able to cope, but we'll see. The big, uh, red, think... the big, the big red head on O'Gara as well, could you imagine? Big red head. <laughs> Um, I, I think that our lads are pretty fit, though. You know whether they can take heat or not. They they can take uh, they can take sweating, whether it's uh, you know they're they're they're, uh, they're a pretty fit bunch. So yeah. I, I think they'd stand up to that reasonably well. And it was like like I obviously not to the same the same extent as it was in in France, but it was still a quite a warm day when we played Toulouse in the Aviva. You know, and we still ran the ball. And we wanted to move the point of contact away from the big men. Um, but obviously, you know, 21 degrees is a lot different than 31 degrees, but it was still a hot day in Dublin. Sure. Well, Dave, you've got, you've got some questions from our, our viewer. From our viewer, we do, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Rock asks, can we spend 45 minutes plus talking about Monsters game this weekend? I think we might manage that. Um, he wants to know who wears 23, Larmer or a forward or Frawley. So I guess he's talking 6-2, 5-3. 6-2 versus 5-3. That's a very interesting question. And you could load the... You could you could have 19 and 20 being Joe McCarthy and Ryan Baird and still have Reese Ruddock at 21. Oof, sir, that's a bit tempting. Uh, or you could go with the 5-3 uh, and have either Frawley or Larmer. Larmer would be great to spring from the bench if we were losing to maybe cut a you know cut a few lines. Uh, however, Frawley might be great to close it out from twelve or you know there's so many options there. Uh, presuming Frawley is uh, has recovered from his knock, um, so yeah, Frawley's in great form, and Larmer has just come back. Looks to be in fairly screaming form too. Depends on what you want. If you want somebody to, uh, if you want a hot stepper, then obviously Larmer is the man. Um, and so, so just to sum up, John, what you're saying is you'd go with six two, or five three, <laughs> and you'd go with Larmer or Frawley or neither in favour of a forward. No, I, if, it <laughs> me, if it was me, I'd go, I'd go Ryan Baird, Joe McCarthy, and Reese Ruddock. And you I'd go put, six two, and they just have the two specialist halfbacks. And I put, I might put Frawley ahead of Rossburn. I might not. That'd be my, that'd be where I'd be looking. But hey, I'm not Leo. Well, they went, they went five. <laughs> they went five three in the La Rochelle semi final last year, and also the Toulouse semi final this year. So I expect that they'll do something similar. Yeah, well, it's going to be hot, like you say. You know, you might want a few uh, 
the other side of that though is like all bets are off you know you might who wants to take them on in a forward battle okay it's great having a load of uh back rowers and second rowers but who we, you know if we're not trying to take them on in the grunt in a grunt fest which i would advise us not to um then maybe you would want extra backs and have extra options in the back backs nice to have options either way yeah, I, I've, I've actually, I've, I, I've very little opinion on the subject. Um, I can see the benefits to both. Uh, personally, I prefer a five-three split, uh, just because I like extra to have an extra back option there. Um, but I can see the reasoning for the other thing. Um, <clears throat> to be honest with you, I hope that you know we're in a position with 10, 15 minutes left where it's irrelevant, um, and I think we will be. I think a lot of how we play this year. And how the game in Ireland in general, not just with, with Leinster, but also with Ireland, has been informed by what happened against La Rochelle last year, where we realised that, you know, no matter what we did, no matter who we signed, we were never, ever going to be able to go toe-to-toe with behemoths. So what we do is we don't try and go toe-to-toe with behemoths. You can see it in the way that Andy Farrell's teams play, and you can see it in the way that, that Leo and Stu's teams play now. Um, it's all about movement. It's all about accuracy. It's all about pace and it's all about speed. The yeah. things that big guys really, really hate. Um, so, and, and I think if I, I completely agree with you, Dave, and also our skill level seems yeah. to have gone up a notch. Like even last week, on you know, when, when our seconds were playing, like the first scrum wasn't until 26 minutes. Mm. So that means the ball hadn't been knocked on. Now, okay, there might have been a couple of advantages played, but the ball hadn't been knocked on for a scrum for 26 minutes. I think the skill level, or you know, the skill drill that they that they do has been upped significantly yeah. so that we don't get into that, you know, eight tying eight forwards against and been shoved off the ball or been yeah. penalized off the ball. Avoid all contact. That's run what is. run around them. That's what that is. It's it's drill, 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 mm-hmm. drill, drill. It's like that's how the All Blacks used to do it back in the day. And I remember we commented on them at the World Cup when there was a big injury break. They'd be running up and down the pitch, uh, you know, um, doing yeah. drills. So drilling, you know, yeah. that's how you're handling. And, and if you don't do drills for a couple of weeks, your handling goes down. You have to do it. Do it, do it, do it, do it. It's funny. I, I was listening to um, I was, in, I was listening to an interview. I can't remember the All Black, but he was saying that he went to a school, you know, and he was. So the teachers were all kind of saying, would you just, would you, with the kids, would you just do a few little drills, you know, because we'd love to see. And the ones that he was doing was pretty much the ones that the kids were doing, just getting them in grids and doing little pop passes. And and the teacher was kind of going, is, like, seriously, is that what you're... And he says, yeah, but we just do it a thousand times. Yeah. And just keep doing it. And so, yeah. So, like, he said he was, it was, it was actually it was Dan Carter. It was Dan Carter that was, was actually saying it, yeah. I often say about the All Blacks that they don't actually do anything fancy, but what they do is they do the basics really, really, really well. And science to the initiate, uninitiated looks like magic. And that's what the, why the All Blacks look like magic, because they do the most basic things a hundred times better than everyone else. So it looks like magic. Uh, but that's what Leinster are chasing. They're chasing that kind of, um, you know, that, that level of, of, of skill perfection. Um, so that if you play a really simple game, it's really easy to play. Anyone can step into it, but you do it so fast, it's almost impossible to stop. Yeah, and and you know, Stew's Day, as it's famously uh, called, when he does his uh, 
everything to fatigue, working right to fatigue uh, and having the guys falling over at the end of it. That's called executing skills under pressure. And, you know, it's all very well being able to pass the ball when you can run, when you're running up and down the field doing a drill. But being able to pass the ball when you're under massive pressure, you've got some big bloke running at you about to take you out of it. To be able to let that ball away at the very last second when he's committed to, to tackling you or whatever the other options are, dummying it, you know, uh, when you're able to execute those skills under that amount of pressure, that's what wins you. And that's what did the All Blacks over the years. It's, it's, it's putting those skills under massive pressure in training and also during games. And you can see it in international rugby has really increased in pace in the last 10 years. If you look at a game now from, say, 20, to, I don't know, 2010, oh, yeah. the game is a lot faster, on, you know, both at club level and at international level. And also the, the line, the, the, the way forwards and backs are able to pass right at the right on the on the game line, if you want to use that expression just before they're about to be tackled. And I don't know how sometimes they get the ball out without being intercepted. But that's, again, that's another skill that they've, they've got from years of, of doing it under pressure repetitively. If you, if you showed Rory O'Loughlin's try to Jason, John and Dave from 2001, we think that was magic. <laughs> Forwards handling the ball like that, you that, you know? <laughs> Or we showed Ed Burns' footwork in the lead-up to um, Scott Penny's try, or Scott Penny's footwork in the lead-up to Scott Penny's try. Um, that's 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 the that's the evolution of the game over the last twenty years, twenty-five years. You know, it's, it's gone to a new place. And, and but to go back to the original point, we have to play that way because we we're never going to. Unless in twenty years' time, some some we get some kind of a national change in our struck in our physio- physiology, we're never going to be able to take on those guys at that size. So we have to beat them with speed. Yeah, yeah, and and to think that we can beat them by beating them up is just yeah, it's madness, crazy, you know. And if we if we did go down that road again, you know that's insanity, right? Expecting yeah. the same result for different results, yeah. doing the same thing. Okay, so any more questions? Uh, I have another then? question uh, from Alan Walsh. And Alan Walsh wants to know: Has the Carberry move failed? Outplayed by our ex- inexperienced halfback pairing? Mm, uh, you'd have to say yes in some ways. It, it has. Uh, like jo- Joey Carberry has been the IRFU's poster boy. Since he since he left Lancer, well, since before he left Lancer, but especially since he left Lancer, it's like the onus is on them to prove that you know, and, and obviously on him by extension to prove that he's number two to Johnny Sexton. There, you know, you would have expected him to be number one at this stage. Like Johnny Sexton is 107, and is going to go to the World Cup if he doesn't get injured. Um, that's that's an indictment on on all the other out halves in the country, really. Uh, but Joey Carberry is the one that's been given the most chances at international level and been given the most uh, time to prove himself of all. Like if he's fit, he's on the bench behind Johnny, and if he's fit, he's starting. Uh, if Johnny's injured, like pretty much back as far as I don't know how far back do you want to go. What year did he leave, Lancer? 
2017-18, wasn't it? Yeah, so... Well, 2018, after we won the European Cup, he moved. Yeah, it's it's a pity that, uh, that it hasn't worked out as well as everybody had hoped, including Joey Kirby himself. Um, but for whatever reason, it hasn't. You can blame coaching down south. You can blame, you know, him. You can blame a number of things. But for whatever reason, it hasn't worked out. And, and the thing that we always said, moving him to 15, or at least having him being able to change the 15 during the game, well, Barrett does it, you know, or did it. Uh, it's a legitimate thing, and it gives you an extra tool in your box to... To um to have another distributor at fullback at certain points in the game, uh, he was never the whole thing was oh he has to play ten he has to play ten he went to Munster just to play ten where are they going to put him at they won't be allowed to put him at fifteen and you know unfortunately maybe if they had moved him around a bit it might he might have had a bit uh, he might have been an option at fifteen um, more often. Uh, so it's it's fallen. It's it's not worked out as my. I yeah, it hasn't. It hasn't been. I mean, it's not like he's gone down there and been dreadful because he hasn't. Um, yeah, absolutely not. Uh, he's been unfortunate with injuries as well. Um, but I think what the plan was was out of this, there would be a, an Irish international starter, and that's not the case. So ha- from that, if you're looking at that purely as your outcome, then it hasn't worked. Uh, has he kept Munster competitive? Munster have been competitive. I mean, we like to slag them off, but I mean, you know, they're into the knockouts of the the, the Pro 14 as they gener- as they always generally are. They're in the knockouts. Of, they were in the knockouts of Europe as they generally always are. So you know, he hasn't. It's not as if he's run them into the ground or anything. So he's been successful in that regard. Um, and there are n- younger players coming through in 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 Munster. So he's kept. At least he's kept the jersey warm, and I mean that sounds like I'm damning him with faint praise, and that's not what, I, what I'm trying to go with this. Um, I, I think an opportunity was lost uh, when we should have when when he wasn't moved to fullback at Leinster, because you know suddenly in the we aftermath, huh? But suddenly in the two years later, every team was looking for a guy who could be a playmaker from fullback. And we had one, and we moved it. We moved away from that. Now, whether that was, it doesn't matter if he was moved away from it at Leinster or moved away from it somewhere else. We moved away from it, and then we ended up having to try and find it again. Now, fortunately, we did. Certainly, in in, in Leinster, we did anyway. Indeed, we. I think we found it once or twice. I think Jimmy O'Brien can do that role as well. Um, but has it been a success? Jury's still out. I'm going to sort of come in between the two of you a little bit because I think if you look, like a lot of the time, an out-half's performance is really based on, on the type of ball that he's provided. Yeah. The, the monster pack is like, you know, I'm not going to use, I'm not going to call it powder puff because it clearly isn't powder puff. But the quality of the players that are there, like, I mean, Archer and Ryan and before that, Cronin, are, are these guys international standard front row players no you know uh scanlon you got klein like they had billy holland for god's sake for you know up, up to only last season and he was actually like, their best he was actually their best front five forward i think okay uh no but i mean he was i mean he delivered well, week after I mean, week after week okay 
Um, but my point is that that pack would put the fear of God into absolutely nobody. Then you have you have a, a scrum half in front of him that is told by his coach to kick the ball. So any quick ball, they're getting their they're putting box, or it's been slowed down and he's putting box kicks up, or the scrum half is is kicking it. Like I, I feel sorry for, for Carberry because I'm sure he, he's an extremely talented player who wanted what was best for himself and probably for Ireland to go and to get to be a starting out half. And then I'm sure he if you know in a in a greater scheme of things, he would have liked to have been five years down the road from where he is now, but behind a pack that is a killer pack. And it, it like he went to the wrong club if he was going to get that, if he was looking for that. But that might be just down to poor recruitment. But then also, you know, I would say, a very poor coach and with a very limited tactical uh, appreciation of the game. And I, I feel sorry for him. And I mean, when he, when he does come on and he played, like when I was at the game when he, when he came on against New Zealand, he closed out that game. And he kicked a couple of penalties at the end of it. Um, that he's got, you know, he was the only one that got his kick in the uh, in the, the penalties, he got his kick against, against the the All Blacks, uh, you know. And I think he'd be a different player if he was playing in, in or behind a, a better pack. Yeah, absolutely. By no means am I saying he's rubbish. I mean, I just think that I, I'm not commenting necessarily on him as a player. I'm just saying that the experiment or the whatever it is that happened with the IRFU movement of the Munster hasn't worked out. Or whether that's for the reasons that you say, Jason, about them not having a great pack, yada, yada, whether it's, you know, I'm not putting all that on Carberry's shoulders at all. Uh, you know, if, if Johnny Sexton had gone back to Racing and Joey had been first choice at Leinster and not gone to Munster, maybe things would have been different, you know. Uh, but just as the, as the dice or as the cards have fallen for Joey Carberry, it hasn't worked out. And, and, and by that, I mean the IRFU's strategy to move him to Munster so as he could start at 10 more often. And that's, that's what I'm commenting on. I think that's possibly what the question yeah. is about. But, but you, you know the bigger indictment is that the Munster branch were offering Van Graan an extension on his contract. I don't think that's fair, Jason. That's... I, think, I think the IRFU were offering him an extension on his contract. Okay, <laughs> okay. fair enough. Fair enough. And we, and, fair and, enough. Can, can I ask, can, do you remember who's in charge of elite coaching contracts in Ireland? You're going to remind me, aren't you? Sure, you know, no, 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 no. He's an antipathy. He's an antipathy in fellow, is he? I'm just going to leave it in there. They were offering him another two years. Yeah. Like, that's madness, you know? He's officially known as Dave's mate. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I mean I, I, I was going to come back in and say with that, say that to you Jason like I mean yeah okay uh, critical of certainly we can be critical of, of, of Van Graan um, he was a relatively inexperienced coach who was put into a big job because his mate reckoned he was up to it but the, I can't see the reason for giving him a further two years which they wanted to do I just can't see it no. Like, like, but giving giving maybe seven years as a coach there, if if he had accepted it, and like that's someone fucking that's someone who's failing upwards, isn't it? You know what I mean? That, like, well, he's failing upwards and then he's, uh, in a proper league. But it, is he though? Is he though? <laughs> um, anyway, like, I've always liked Bath. I like their fans. I've always liked the town. Um, they didn't deserve that. 
No, I, I think I think it's going to be like Matt O'Connor was for us uh, when we got him off Leicester, and we were kind of going, oh, "Well, maybe it'll work out for us." It didn't seem to work out for Leicester, and boy, were we wrong there. Munster um, would kill to have Matt O'Connor's tr- success rate with Leinster. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, no, but it's true when you think about it. Yeah, I know. Like failure, that. failure. I mean, was uh, was was losing a semi final in Europe, and uh, and winning a winning a Pro Fourteen. Well, winning the Pro Fourteen the first year, but not making yeah. Nakas the second year. Yeah, that was the killer. That was the killer. <laughs> anyway. Um, a, a quick question here. Uh, with Dirty Dev retiring, who's going to steal all the Munster pens? <laughs> That's a very Leinster fans question, that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, th- I think Joe McCarthy looks like he might be the, 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 Parker, the Parker pincher in chief. Joe McCarthy's going to steal their lunch, never mind their pens, and <laughs> eat it behind the stand during halftime before he goes back on the field. Um, yeah, no, very happy with Joe. Uh, I know I'm, I'm slagging him a little bit, but... Uh, What's he going to be like when he's 25? Yeah, imagine how good he'd be if he played sevens, um, which is leading me to a nice segue, actually. Um, even though I, segue, uh, I know this is a rugby union podcast, but still, um, Irish sevens teams, both male and female, did really, really well at the weekend in the Toulouse uh, event. Um, men's team ended up with silver. Women's team ended up fourth. Um, superb achievement. I mean... Uh, it's way forward, Dave. Yeah, it, it certainly is the way forward, all right. Um, both all 245 people who watched it agreed with me. Um, mm-hmm. But no, no, I, I mean, I think uh, you have to, for, for a country that has no record of sevens or no history of sevens whatsoever, um, to get to the finals of events or to get to the knockout stages of events, as they do quite regularly. I mean, my problem about sevens is its relation to rugby union, not the sport in and of itself. The game in and of itself is what it is, and I enjoy it, and I enjoy watching the players. I think they're great players. They're great sevens players. Um, I don't think it has anything to do with rugby union anymore. I think it's evolved. Um, I think mm. rugby league is closer to rugby union than sevens is. Fitness but, levels in sevens are horrendous. Like, yeah, they are. You're a lot fitter to play sevens than you do. Oh sevens. yeah, yeah. No, it's it's. It, yeah. I mean, it's a totally different sport now. But not a totally different sport. It's a it's a very different sport now. But at the same time, they should be celebrated for their for their achievements and for their excellence. I mean, look at the end of the day. If sevens was any good, Jordan Conway would. Conroy would be playing for uh, Connacht. Um, Terry Kennedy would be playing for Leinster, but they're not. But they're the two uh, biggest stars unfair. in the like, Yeah, but you got someone like Will Connors and Hugo Keenan both came through the seventh circuit. No, they didn't both come through the seventh circuit. Well, they didn't both, come through the seventh circuit. They both played from the sevens team. That's where they, that's where they were, were farmed out, and then that's where they got some experience. Hugo Keenan started and, playing minis when he was nine. Played schools rugby, played junior cup rugby, senior cup rugby, played age grade representative rugby for Leinster, played age grade representative rugby for Ireland, went through the Leinster Academy. Wasn't that a complete and waste of money when we could have just sent him off for a year to play sevens? Well, hold on, you go, you go and you play sevens when you're when you're in your twenties, Dave, or you're. Your I believe I will believe I will believe sevens is a, a valuable pathway into rugby union when they take a talented gay footballer, a talented soccer player into the programme and he comes out the other end and plays rugby union. Because at the moment, you've got guys with 14 years worth of rugby going into it for six months. And the reason they're good is because of sevens. Don't think so. No, not buying it. Okay. Um, one, just moving on from that. One, one thing <clears> that I, I, I was 
quite interested to read a, a comment that somebody had made about um, just going back to the Munster thing, just very briefly, that they wanted to change the um, that they were suggesting that Munster change their emphasis and take the league more seriously than they do and move away from continually just looking at um, the Champions Cup or the, the, the European Cup. And I think, you know, going back to like when 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 Munster were very successful in the European Cup and we and we as Leinster weren't, that was one thing that we actually did do was take the league seriously. And you know, it, it meant that there was the same people were going to the Heineken Cup matches as were going to the league matches that people had bought in. Whereas there's a complete disregard. And because it's the successful team didn't take the league seriously. None of the media took the league seriously and still don't take the league seriously. And there's no coverage on, of it on, on national broadcasts, except, you know, because RT are contractually obliged to cover it. That's the only reason they talk about it. They don't talk about like they don't talk about it um, uh, uh, during the week on their news broadcasts, unless there's a, a, a press release from a an update on an injury, but they don't certainly don't go looking for a story. They don't cover it from a, a, a broader perspective. But the point is though, that we did, Leinster did take the league seriously and Leinster do use the league to bring all of those guys through. And I mentioned a couple of guys like Connors and Keenan. Those guys cut their teeth in the, in the, um, the old Pro 14 and they've come through. And just like we're talking about them, Joe McCarty and all the other lads that played at the weekend, those guys are cutting their teeth at, in, in the league. And in five years' time, those guys, or hopefully a lot of them, will have come through and will be starring in the Heineken Cup team, in the first team, let's call it, and be taking over the place of the guys that were arrested at the weekend. But, you know, Munster certainly hadn't done that, and they need to shift their emphasis and take that league. Like, they were continually trying to win games under Van Graan and picking their like and, and not bringing through, not bringing through any of their young talent. Look how long it's taken a Hearn to get through when you consider Bird is already capped, you know, and and he's going to be like a Hearn could be seen as as the next monster second row that's going to be there for 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 ten years. But your man McCarthy's after getting a load of experience now that he could usurp him and, and move move past him. And I, heard I, I think, I mean, you, you, see, you see all the hype about, say, for example, I mean, I, I, hype's probably the wrong word because he's a very good player, but about uh, Alex Kundelan, for example. Scott Penny's only about a year older than him and he's got, you know, nearly 60 Leinster caps at this stage. Yeah. You know, um, whereas Kundelan has, you know, what, 15, 20, um, all, this, all this season. So it's, it's very mm -hmm. hard to judge these players. <clears throat> um, I, I, I agree with you. One thing I would say is, I mean, and it's, it's something they kind of, all of a sudden they're complaining about, but it is a true thing that they don't have the depth of talent or they don't have the depth of in Munster to be making those changes. But I do agree with you. I don't know. Maybe the players, maybe that's a fans thing, Jay. I think the players probably take it seriously enough. No. Well, can I just say that again, take it, take it as much out of it or as little out of it as you want to. Any interview that I've heard, Ronan O'Gara talk about, especially when he's when he's talking about coaching in France and wanting to come back for the Leinster job or the Munster job or the Ireland job, he scoffs at the idea that he would give up the, the, the or he talks about the intensity of the 
the French League, and it really derogatory towards the the URC. Now, obviously, he's been out of that league for seven or eight years, or whatever along how long it is that he's retired, but he has zero zero um, respect for it. And again, I mean, not just him. You see O'Driscoll talking about it as well. You know, he didn't play an away game in it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, like that's it. That's what I was going to say. I'd say Raj and, and Bod could have a um, a a a, a non appearance off when it came to the to the league. And you know that to a certain extent that suited Leinster and it suited Ireland and it suited Munster and it suited Ireland. Um, and that's the way it was. But the league has changed. The league is a different league. I mean, the rugby and the I, I think that I, I know Jason doesn't think it's it's up to much because he you watch teams play Leinster and we're very very good and we hack hockey them and it doesn't look competitive. But there's a lot of good rugby out there if you want, like in other games, um, some really mm-hmm. good rugby. Um, so I, 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 and I don't think that, I think in Ireland we're quite guilty of being insular about looking only at the Irish teams and we don't watch the other games, um, which often are very, very entertaining. It's certainly the best league. If you get a, if you get a good game in the URC, it's, it, it, it's, it's one of the best leagues to watch. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't uh, pay me to watch most top 14 games. Well, actually, you could pay me because I'm quite. I mean, my family are from Cavan, so I'm quite a, a quiz. I'm, I'm but, um, thing that when I go, when I go to watch Leinster play, saving up for that router again for Jason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my my daughters obviously come home and uh, turned on all their internet devices. But yeah, no. Uh, what what were you saying, Jay? Anyway. Sorry, I was just saying that, like. And I, I made the point earlier tonight. I just, just didn't. I just don't get any enjoyment watching Leinster score seventy points against a team that is not scoring fifty-five points. Like when they're only scoring yeah, no, I, ten points. I understand that. I, but the other side of that is that we are really, really good. We are. We are. I, I get that. I do get that, Dave. But like, I mean, like for example, in the in the match against uh, Montpellier this year, like, I mean. That was I, I kind of didn't really enjoy that, even though it was great that we won and everything, but like that's not what's no, the, I mean, it, it was a nothing match, it wasn't even a. I mean, teams, I mean, we played Quinns in pre season, they put up a more of a fight, and that was a pre season friendly. No, I don't know, I agree with you, but that, that was again, that was a certain set of circumstances, but I do agree with you, yeah. That no. kind of game is, is not entertaining. It, it, the entertainment, the entertainment in sport comes from competition. Exactly. If you exactly. if you if you just like, watch again, it because I, your team's going to win all the time, you're not watching sport. Yeah. You're well, not watching the fourth well, sport. I, I, and I was being a bit facetious when I meant when I said earlier on, you know, like, we're monster our rivals anymore, you know. But and I was, but like a rivalry is meaning that we were go we like. I actually I brought my daughter to the match um, on on Saturday, and like she wouldn't have been really familiar with the nuances that. Well, we've rotated our entire team, and there's a good chance we could lose this game. And I was telling her this as we're walking in. Yeah, she obviously didn't want that story told, John. (laughs) She's after pulling the plug on Jay. So that is www.gofundme.ie forward slash by Jay a router. Absolutely. Actually, I think we have lost him. By next week. Yeah. During the week, Heineken Cup final present for Jason. Yes. No, I'm back. Hey! 
Hey. Hey. I'm back, but I tell you, we've we've only got this version. We only changed it. Uh, Virgin Media brought us that one only a couple of months ago. So there you go. You need but yeah, no, the professional I, I, round to sort that out. That's what you need. Yeah, it's a pity you don't know any. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, but I, 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 I do agree with you, Jason, that, that watching facile, uh, uncompetitive games isn't sport. It's not why we watch sport. Um, but I do, think that, I do think that the rivalry is still a rivalry because apart from anything else, you've got that whole kind of civic province divide. You've got the whole the history of it. Um, and it, I mean, look, they'll be back. You know, the, the, sport is circular. These things move in troughs and peaks. At the moment, they're in a trough. I don't know if they've done enough mm-hmm. to control their drop the way that, that maybe we did when we were kind of in a bit of a trough. But they're, they, they, I don't know if they have, but they'll be back. I mean, I'd say rumours of Munster's dev- demise are greatly exaggerated. Well, I hope so, because we do need a, a derivatory and to have, you know, like that day in Croke Park when it was 80. Yeah, look, Irish rugby was built on that. I mean, yeah, I, I don't like to be dismissive of Ulster because, I mean, they traditionally they're the second most successful province behind us in terms of, you know, the, the Inter Pro Series and all that kind of stuff. And they were the first team to win a European Cup. Um, but the rivalry, the modern Irish game was built on the rivalry between Munster and Leinster. It's what put, took it off the inside pages, put it on the back pages, and then moved it onto the front pages. Yes, correct. Anyway, boys, before we go, just want to um, get your predictions for the final. John? Um, I would say Leinster by eight. I'm being Dave? Good. Leinster by 16. Power has us by 12, even without the team's been selected. So I'm going to go for 10. Well, I am We're all very good. confident. I think we are. I think we are. We'll see. Let's hope it's not misplaced. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Anyway, boys, as ever, thanks very much. Thanks very much for watching. If you are watching and following us on Facebook, Twitter, and all the other social media outlets. Cheers. Thanks again. Bye.